Hi guys, uh, my name is Abby Ager and I'm here with Aaron. What's your last name? <laughs> Just fucking say it, don't. Smith. Oh, duh. Okay. It's a really hard one to remember. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> and we barely know each other. We just showed up here. We're ready to talk about cool stuff. Um, She's a stranger off the street. <laughs> um, and this podcast is called, uh, what's it called again? Attention Different. <laughs> Attention Different. That's right. I did that on purpose. Let's go. <laughs> you see what I mean? You got to be crazy. Too late to be sane. You got to go full tilt, full Because... So what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about ADHD in relationships, romantic relationships, but we could talk about any relationship, honestly. So specifically yeah. between ADHDers and non-ADHDers, right? Correct. All right. So let's jump into this. So essentially in this first part, yeah. which is content section, mm -hmm. we're going to go over a few things about the topic at hand. So yeah. what are some of the common things that come up for ADHDers in relationships, especially between mm -hmm. non-ADHD partners? Yes. And here's a list of some things that I've found and from my experience treating clients so misunderstanding is one of the big ones that comes up, a feeling of being unloved or uncared for. And there's just lots of misunderstandings that come up in conversations and communication between partners. Hmm. Criticism is another big one. Yeah. Especially ADHDers are more sensitive to criticism. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I felt like I was constantly being corrected growing up, and that's something I'm super sensitive to now. So... Um, yeah. yeah, criticism is a big one for sure. And organization, that's mm -hmm. a huge one too. Yeah. So wait, no, me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you were going to react on that. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, you know, keeping your living space clean or um, being organized with your schedule, time management, all those kind of things can come up and create conflicts in relationships. Mm -hmm. They're like, why is there sand on the ground? Why is your cat's litter box tipped over? Like, how come you haven't done the dishes in a few days? Mm -hmm. Stupid things like that. <laughs> and interrupting or getting onto tangents. <clears throat> yes, of course. Yeah. So have you seen that infographic that's like, neurotypicals yes. conversation oh my gosh and i love her she's such a cool she's such a cool girl i follow her on instagram um dang i wish i could remember her name i i do know it um ADHD but anyways moment. she <laughs> i'm gonna find it shoot i do i downloaded it instagram because i needed to save time um anyways it's a really cool girl we're gonna put it in the comments and she made a she made a little graphic that describes adhd stories and how they are full of tangents and honestly it's not easy for the listener to listen to is it yeah <laughs> well I and mean, it's not intentional but so yeah. for a neurotypical person it might be from point a to point b that's how their story goes very logically like vertically, they don't get off on a bunch of tangents in ADHD. We're mm -hmm. like A to C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. It's all connected. Then somehow <laughs> maybe get around to B or not because yeah. we just forgot about it. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean that could that could drive something into your communications and kind of wrench into it because the other person is constantly having to chase you around when you're just trying to have a simple communication back and forth. 
Yeah. So, yeah, what's the last one? So, parent-like interactions. So, if one person, either the usually the non-ADHD partner, is feeling like they're yeah. acting in the role of a parent, mm-hmm. telling the other person what to do, yes, or coming down on them in a way that feels condescending. Yeah. That's a big thing. And the other, the non-ADHD partner might feel as if they're, um, it's unfair to them. Like, I don't, I shouldn't have to be your parent. You should be an adult. I, I have kids. Why do I need to have, you know, be parents to my kids and you? Rude. Yeah. Um, I think that just goes along with like what we consider childish behavior in our society versus what is really just um, a different way of being, right? Mm. Like, I mean, something that's cool about ADHD is that we're kind of childlike and that we live in every moment excited about the possibilities. Um, and that's that's what drew our partner in in the first place. Like, come on, let's talk about that. Like, this is what you were attracted to in the person. This is why you're here. And then um, into the relationship when you've started to struggle on organization and communication and misunderstandings and criticism, that's when you see this as a bad thing. So obviously that strikes a chord. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm really mad about this. Um, no, I just think I've experienced it. Have you not experienced it yourself? Oh, I've experienced it. Yeah, oh, I think definitely. anybody who has ADHD has experienced it. Um, it's something that is, okay, so what did we do? Like, I want to jump right in. So so let's just wrap up this section. So we're going to get into, <laughs> we're going to get into Don't talk to me like stuff. I'm a child. <laughs> Come on, Abby. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, so we're going to wrap up this section and then we're going to go straight into an open discussion. Ah, uh, let's go. Okay. So So if you want to yeah. tune in, here we go. We're going to be talking about ADHDers and non-ADHDers in relationships. Let's do it. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, I have something to add to your list. Um, the ADHD It better be good. Okay. <laughs> here <it> comes. <laughs> So is it relevant? Yeah, it actually does. Well, I'm still acting like your parent. No. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, I wasn't catching on. So with the parent thing, um, this is kind of a deep talk- topic. So we're just going to jump in. Um, I was in a group once for ADHD and we were discussing this. Um, there was a couple there who was really struggling with this. The wife felt like she was the parent and the the husband was just kind of like shamed like he was all sad and slouched in um and you could just tell that what happens to normal people is is like natural part of um being alive is that like you see your qualities in other people whether it's negative qualities positive qualities it's like other people are a mirror to your experience and so um, the, these two who were in a relationship stopped seeing the good in each other and mm. they just started seeing the negative. So that's kind of sad. Um, but really, um, it's common. Like yeah. you just stop seeing the person for who they are and you just start seeing them for what they repeatedly, um, represent to you. Mm-hmm. Just touch the microphone. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good point because I think that some of the very same qualities that we're attracted to initially to someone, mm-hmm. those qualities in the course of a relationship can start being the very same things yeah. that are annoying or mm-hmm. that you feel like, man, it was really great when she was very spontaneous and creative and exciting. I liked that at the beginning. But now, you know, when she can't hold down a schedule or isn't as late to, you know, an event or a, a get together with friends, that stuff is just 
starts eating away and, and chipping away at that person's right uh, love, care for that for their partner. Yeah. So if the if the partner is seeing that person as only the negatives that you just listed and they have lost sight of the positive that you listed before that, that's when you have a problem. I think um, that's when you have to have a serious conversation because um, there is no cure to ADHD. Yeah. There's no cure. Like you can take medicine, you can work on yourself, but at the end of the day, it takes radical acceptance from a partner who is willing to accept your flaws. Yeah. Just I like they accepted totally your, um, all of your attractive qualities. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's about appreciating that person for who they are and not trying to change them or make yeah. them into something different. Yeah. And that's a codependent trait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to change the person, uh, I think at a certain point you have to realize this person is going to be this way. If you've ever tried to change something about yourself, you know how hard that is. Breaking a habit yourself and you want to and it is you and you control your behavior. So if you can't change yourself very easily, think about how hard it's going to be to change someone else. Totally. Yeah. And and we should only be focusing on changing ourselves and understanding our partners. That's the yeah, thing. Not exactly. You're not changing your partner to match some kind of version of who they are in this ideal world or making them more like you, you, you don't have to be the same. Mm -hmm. We can have differences and appreciate those differences and find ways to complement or mutually benefit each other. Yeah, that's true. Um, like what's an example, just so we're not being too broad, like something that you would want somebody to change or over explain as a parent. Okay. So first example is like, let's say one person is great at planning events Mm -hmm. and they're more on top of taking care of events for the kids. Now, let's assume that person is a neurotypical non-ADHDer. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the wife, let's just say, because let's general. be honest. Well, it's general. <laughs> but let's be honest, the women are also doing more of this kind of stuff, right? Um, Depending, but yeah, sure. Not necessarily <laughs> that they should. <laughs> I know I won't, but go on. <laughs> I'm not the planner, but go on, go on, go on. Yes. Yeah. I could totally picture this. Go on. Or let's say if you're with a partner and he's planning stuff because you're not doing it, right? Yeah. Or we're just slobs because neither of us are planning. <laughs> okay. No, but go on <laughs> with yours. But so the person who's stepping that role of the planner, maybe they're feeling a lot of resentment. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, oh, again, like why can't they just get it together, plan stuff? Why can't they participate and share an equal amount of responsibility with me. And I think one way that, that you guys can mutually benefit each other is to just accept it, just to say, look, <laughs> okay, you're better at planning. Yeah. You're better at organizing. Yeah. If, if you want help, bring the person in, not in a critical way, but mm -hmm. just say, Hey, let's get together. Let's find a time. Let's support each other. Don't expect them to just do it or do it as well as you can right off the bat. Maybe sit down together and try to work out some details together, help them on, in that process or just appreciate what else they can bring to the table too. So maybe they're not going to be a planner and you, if you stop expecting that, yes, maybe all of a sudden you'll be happier and say, yeah, you know what? I'll take the planning, but maybe you can uh, take just the events you're interested in in and plan those or yeah, sure. Yeah. Or contribute in some other meaningful way. I got one. Hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> in some friend groups I've been known as the person who like there's a sports term for this but that I cannot remember but basically it's like oh 
we needed a like a parlay dude i don't know we needed something last a minute parlay. <laughs> is that what it is i don't know we needed something last minute to just like make this really freaking a huddle no dude it, it's like when you change a piece of the plan same plan add a detail that makes it awesome mm. so like that's how i could help planning like say you have some big trip planned and you're just like what beach do we go to this is our beach day. What the beach? What beach do you want to choose? I will be on Google. I'll be looking through pictures of beaches. I'll be reading reviews. I will choose the best beach. Or if it's like, we got to get like a dinner somewhere in this city. I'm going to find the best dinner. Like, yeah, it's really hard for me to decide what days, where we're staying, those kinds of things. But give me something small that will like, I'll come with a hundred percent enthusiasm. I will, we'll just have the best time there. <laughs> And I'll make this trip really cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're gonna yelp that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yelp. I'm gonna Google review. We're not gonna be at some place with some rude waiters. This is gonna this is gonna be planned. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be passionate about it. So I don't know. I think it's bringing the person in in little increments. Like how 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 can they help without expecting them to do it? Because you know what I mean? Yeah, adding adding the excitement, adding the interest. Yeah, those for sure. Things. And letting them be themselves, like playing to their strengths. Um, Definitely. For sure. Okay, so what else, what else about some of these other things that we mentioned in the previous segment? Mm. Criticism, misunderstanding. Yeah. What do we think about those things? Oh, the criticism thing. Uh, let's see here. So. Have you experienced that in your? Oh, absolutely. Relationships. Yeah. Have you? Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you want to like give an example? Sure. I mean. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. With my ex, I would frequently get criticized. For, for what? Um, for trying to, for not being as good at planning. Okay. For not being as good at uh, following through with plans. Following through is hard. It's hard. Yeah. Because okay. even when I would try to plan stuff, I'd forget certain details or I wouldn't think about certain things that seemed obvious to her. Mm. And then she would be like, no, I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to plan it. Mm. Forget, forget it. Like you can't Taking do that. over. That's a really good point. We'll come back to that. Go on. No. How, how about for you? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So the kinds of things that like I would be criticized for were basically like, um, hmm, the inverse of my strengths. So like if I'm a super social person, it was like, why? Uh, like, why, why are you, you talking so, so much? Yeah, like, no, why are you talking so much? I'm tired. <laughs> um, no, it's like, uh, can you, like, I, I like this story, but can you wrap it up? And it's like, oh, that hurts because I love telling stories, um, but I get that you're tired and I, I'm going to need to, like, rein it in and actually do something. Like, they're all, they may not want to hear my story right now because they're kind of annoyed I didn't do the dishes for the last five days. I didn't even notice. You know, like, um, it's just not being tuned into the details that uh, a neurotypical is tuned into. Um, and also is criticized for just not having as much ease with some tasks that other people do. So they'll um, kind of assume that this is roommates and yeah, they'll just assume that the reason why I didn't turn off the, the living room light for the fifth time is because I don't respect their lamp Mm. (laughs) or their electricity bill or whatever that I don't respect them. And 
that's like reading a lot into actions that are literally due to inattentiveness. Yeah. So assuming yeah. that your intentions are different and making yeah. and making these leaps in assumption of, well, you must not love me. You must not care about me. You must not think we're important mm-hmm. enough as roommates, whatever it is. Right. And that's some of that misunderstanding that happens. Yeah. And then I think that leads directly into criticism. For too. sure. Yeah, it does. And I think, over explaining things like as if I don't understand them. So or like, like you don't know you like, did it, right? Yeah, like uh it's important to go to work, Abby. Everybody hates their jobs. Like for a, for example, I had a, a job uh job I really didn't like. I was contemplating quitting and um family kind of met that with nobody likes their boss. Nobody likes being told what to do. And it's like, these are concepts we completely understand. But for somebody with ADHD who is so, which which is a common trait, like being tied to our morals, tied to our beliefs, not being able to act out of a place that's fake, um, whereas other people can just schmooze their boss they hate. It's like, it feels like a corruption. It feels really, really hard for me. So it's like, yes, I know this as a fact, but my ability to carry it out isn't, it doesn't correlate it doesn't correlate like it does for you so that's what's up yeah i i have i've had the same kind of issues too i mean and i think in relation in like relationships like relationships do extend over into the workplace too right Mm -hmm. like relationships between you and a boss or co-workers Mm -hmm. and like you said adhders do have a tendency of kind of saying what's on their mind so this this can happen with partners too like if Mm -hmm. you are like pointing something out to your partner you might just think you're saying something that's true yeah and not think just how much that could hurt them in the moment yeah or what it's gonna do like i I know i had some bad tendencies sometimes to like at the height of a a date or like at the worst time possible Mm -hmm. i'd be like yeah let's talk about that that thing that's going on (laughs) that's like not gonna context it's it's way out of context it's not the right time but i'm thinking this is going really great so let's introduce that really heavy conversation or topic of things right now and then not thinking this is gonna like tank the (laughs) take our day yeah that's that social piece too because you're not reading the social cues and in a situation where it might not be appropriate to talk about that dude i can so relate i had to learn like there are so many times where i've been like Oh, I really want to talk about this really deep thing right now. And it's like, it's not the time. It's not the time, Abby. Take that, put that in your pocket, save it for later. <laughs> um, but wait, what were you talking about right before you got into that? Because I really wanted to say something about it. Um, you're like, <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, so in relationships, when you say something uh, that maybe an- another person wouldn't have said, it's kind of like, I used to get this feedback like when we're in a heated argument, they're like, you always just take it a step too far. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, when you said that thing about my fucking family. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's the first thing that came to your head. It's really relevant, but it's on top of the topic that they're already really sensitive about. So mm-hmm. this is not a time. And like this foot in the mouth disease. We we all struggle with this. This is our impulsiveness in our brain. Um but yeah, I think that that really plays into relationships because you can't unsay that stuff. So um, have you ever experienced that and how have you dealt with it? Yeah, definitely. I've experienced that. And I think I 
it's still it's, it's still a challenge to this day, you know. But yeah. I think what I am trying to do is be more aware of what is the outcome that I want in this interaction. Mm-hmm. That's and, a good one. And think about before I say something in anger or frustration or any other strong emotion to actually just take a step back and be like, is this what I, is this what we're really like focused on right now? Is this what the result that I want? No, it's not. Yeah. You have to think, is this going to give me the result I want? It is actually not. Um, I have a really good example if you want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. It's so cute. It's, it's, it's not me, but it's like this little kid I met who had ADHD. Um, (laughs) okay. So he, this is rejection sensitive dysphoria, which happens a lot in ADHD. This is a perfect example of that. So this kid asked, what time is it? And the kid was like, time for you to get a watch. Classic kid response. <laughs> and Zinga. what does he say back? Okay. So he's embarrassed. He's, he feels rejected by this, which is like a classic, just normal comeback. Anyways, what does he say back to this kid who happens to be overweight? He says, time it's to, Oh yeah. Well, it's time for you to get a diet. <laughs> And he gets sent to the principal's office, of course, because that's so uncalled for. And he took it way too far. And so um, he like was telling us about it. And we were like, do you see how what you said was just a little meaner and more personal? (laughs) It reminds me of when like someone asked me, this might have happened. How do I look in this dress? And I would say, not that great. It's not flattering. Why are you calling me fat? Oh, geez. Uh, no, you asked my opinion, how you looked. I thought you wanted an honest, no. <laughs> she wanted a compliment, bro. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> She's giving you the opportunity to lift her up as she goes to brave the wilderness of the male gaze outside of your house. Um, oh, no, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm just being know. an honest <laughs> Yeah, and you thought it was an honest question. I think that, mm. once again, yeah. Um, I think a lot of guys can relate to that problem, right? Mm-hmm. ADHD or not, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, how about with finances? I know Mm -hmm. that's a big one for relationships. Mm -hmm. And this is ADHD or not ADHD. It's one of the main things that break people up. It's arguing about money, finances. So has that come up for you? Here's the thing. It hasn't come up in my relationships because I've always kind of had a separate bank account. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen in other relationships where people disagree on what money should be spent on. Here's where I, here's where I stand on the topic. I think that, um, this falls, this could fall under trying to change each other because like how you spend your money really shows what you value. Um, if you really value taking care of yourself and feeling good about yourself and you're buying a manicure every month, it is really not your partner's business to like be commenting on that. Um, however, you know, you make a big mistake, like a big purchase, like, oh, I went to Bass Pro and I took up archery. <laughs> um, that I think your partner can have a co- like a comment on, right? Uh, but like at a bigger purchase. Yeah, a huge purchase without like com- like talking with each other. Yeah, we can talk about it if we share bank accounts, if those things are there. Um, but yeah, I think what you're really doing is you're treading on a topic that um, it could be sensitive and it's more about preference than it is about right or wrong. Um, but sometimes you know? it can be impulsive spending. Right? Yeah. 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 And or, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or not talking to your partner before you make a big purchase. Like, Oh, I just got a new car. What? 
That'd be crazy. I thought we talked about that. Or <laughs> I'm not that kind of ADHD. Or gambling. You know, sometimes. Oh just... man, that's cool. Yeah, no, you're right. This is really a big issue because this is more than I've experienced, though. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah. we did talk about something right before we came on. Mm-hmm. We just kind of threw it out there. But what if your partner makes more money? Like, let's say, and it's a and it's a, a non you know stereotypical thing. Like, let's say the woman makes more money. Mm-hmm. How does that? come up in in finances are we like in this situation are the two people married yeah well i can and they're sharing finances i mean yes yes like i can speak to like my ex like in my previous marriage that's she made more money than me Mm -hmm. and there was even though she had this idea she had this kind of like sentiment right that Mm -hmm. was like oh it doesn't matter it's fine like i'm proud of you whatever like however you're building your business, everything, it's great. But relatively, there was always some, a little bit of like this tinge of like, you're not doing as much as I am or you're not contributing as much because I am attaining more than you. That's how it felt to me. Hmm. Okay. So this is like the classic scenario. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up of like a power imbalance of this person holding something over you. Um, I haven't experienced that with money, but I've experienced that with mistakes. Like, oh, you did this thing again. You did this thing again. You did this thing again. There goes your credibility. Like, I have more power because I have more money because I'm I make less mistakes. Whatever. Mm. It's this power imbalance that happens pretty often in relationships where one person is ADHD. Um, but I would just have to say I don't think that's healthy. I don't, I think a mutual respect needs to be had because, um, dude it just comes down to what you value. Like, are you making more money? But sure. But like, what's your job? You're a counselor. So you're providing value to people that is literally intangible. You're changing kids' lives. If I had an ADHD counselor when I was in elementary school, like I, who knows where I would be. You can't put a monetary value on that, what you're giving back to society. And um, that's just where my point on it. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And, it's, I, and again, it, it isn't like, it isn't a comparison. I think that's yeah. something that comes up in relationships is oh one my gosh, partner yeah. comparing themselves to the other and it being a competitive, mm-hmm. comparative kind of thing. Like, you can't oh, compare. you're not doing as much as me. You're, I'm doing more. You're doing less. You're doing this. You're doing that. No, it's like, how, how do we function together as a unit, mm-hmm. as a family, as a partnership I'm bringing in this much, you're bringing in this much. So we're here, like, right? All, yeah. all ships or boats, right? You know, yeah, we're all together. We're all in this together, you guys. <laughs> Based on how, <laughs> right, whatever that saying is, we bring it, we bring everything up together in an additive way. Yeah. And I think if people can step back and see that, a lot of these misunderstandings can, can be resolved. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, you're seeing your partner, um, you brought this up last time we talked about this, but fighting fair Mm. and, um, yeah, just kind of seeing your partner for the good in them. Um, every time that you notice a flaw, there's some kind of opposite side that, um, you fell in love with and like, you're going to fight fair because you love them because you want to be with them. You're not going to be attacking because that is counterproductive to you two staying together and doing life together and being cooperative. Like this isn't a zero sum game. Mm -hmm. There is not a winner here. You guys want to be on the same team winning together. You know, if, if there is going to be a winning, I don't know. Yeah. And support each other. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but I think that's pretty human to like forget about that um, that fact. That yeah, and bringing appreciating the other person for what they are bringing to the table. Because mm-hmm. like one thing that I brought in to the table in my previous relationship was I was someone who could could kind of breathe life into it. You know, she yeah. was a little bit apprehensive, shy, nervous, uh, yeah. anxious, kind of withdrawn sometimes socially. Yeah. And I would add life to it. Like I'd kind of push us outside the comfort zone, take some risks, uh, make things more exciting, more interesting, less planned and exact. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that I think was seen in a, in a negative light. Yeah. But could have easily been flipped to the positive too of, hey, look what this person is bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important you pointed that out because um, what ha- happens so often is people who lack those traits that come naturally for us for like the ingenuity, spontaneity, um, social butterflyness, uh, you know, um, this ease of being in um, – that's attractive. Right. But then, then sometimes jealousy comes in or whatever, but it's, it really especially attracts people who don't have that. And I think as ADHDers, we need to be kind of cautious of getting into relationships with somebody who likes us for what they're lacking. And because we do that too, we like people for their structure and their ability to, and you're then you're filling a hole inside that it can only be filled by your own growth. Yeah, because that's part of the reason I was attracted to my ex is because I was like, wow, she's a great planner. She's really yeah. meticulous. She's got all these great qualities. She's making, mm-hmm. she has a great job. She's making money, all this stuff. But then I, I, you know, that was also what ended up like making us not compatible. At the end yeah, of the day. because it's a difference in values. If this person is a workaholic, for example, they really value productivity. <laughs> As an ADHD or you're coming to the table with some unproductive if we're gonna call it like unproductive i mean it's just tendencies tendencies yeah and and it's being realistic like remember who you were as a kid i don't know about you but my friends would take 30 minutes on a homework assignment that took me four hours when you're in a relationship with somebody who expects the highest level of productivity constantly from themselves they start to expect that from you that might be a red flag maybe Mm. that's someone you don't want to try things with um you brought up a really good point uh, in this world of uh, swiping, <laughs> do you want to go into that? No, say it. Okay, so you told us to. Um, me and my girlfriend were talking about this, and you were like, "How about you give them a phone call and check out and see if there's any red flags?" And we were both just like, "What? Oh my! Oh shit! Who calls anyone who, these days? Who, you want me to pick up my phone and place it next to my face? Are you a dinosaur?" <laughs> 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 it's like shit. I've, I've aged a lot. We're like this makes no sense, but I think it's honestly huge because for us ADHDers who tend to see the best in people and empathize with the biggest hearts, um, it's good for us to have this ten minute phone conversation with a stranger and pick out any red flags we might see that are a sign of incompatibility before we even meet them, yeah. because then you're giving yourself a chance to be like, hold up. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Is this somebody I need to spend time getting to know and possibly compromising myself for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Why why figure that out after you've already had all that physical interaction, attraction and the hormones and all this stuff like clouds that judgment? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it on the phone first, see if they can actually yeah. how, how 
you know, understanding are they? How nice are they being around yeah. certain things? Are they, can you pick up on, on some of that stuff right off the bat by just asking them about some of their tendencies? And what were those like red flags? Yeah. What were those that you listed? Do you remember? I don't remember actually. If <laughs> I, I do have a list right here. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> she wrote it down. That's great. <laughs> um, there was like guys who are uncomfortable with confrontation or affection. Mm. These are like normal things that happen in a relationship. Girls who are com- uncomfortable with this too. Yeah. These are things that like are going to need to happen. If they're stonewalling you and you see a conflict happening and they're like, I don't want to talk about this this isn't a good time and they never come back to it. That is an inability to just like communicate. Mm -hmm. Communication is huge in all relationships, but one with ADHD, dude, it's the lifeline. Yeah. Hey, I have an interesting thing though. Okay. Not to cut your list. No, dude, shoot it. No, shoot your thing. (laughs) Shoot your shot. Let's go. (laughs) Can we, can an ADHD year be in a relationship with a non-ADHD year? I think we've kind of, gone over that it just needs you need to be super selective and choose somebody who um has similar values and is compassionate and is caring hmm. so you think you think it's possible yeah what about you yeah i think it's All possible right. I, th- I think like opposites attract so sometimes yeah. you're you're attracted to that stuff now it's after that honeymoon phase after that first let's say six months or that initial phase where butterflies and hormones and and everything's going on and after that ends are you guys still compatible yeah how do you have those difficult conversations when you are having a fight or an argument or a disagreement over something like who did the dishes or who's responsible for cleaning up this thing or planning a trip when that stuff comes up how do you guys actually have those conversations and are they healthy do they not Mm -hmm kind of spill into those those red flags those things like criticism trying to change the person uh oh uh uh-uh. trying to um to like sandbag and put all of the past yeah. failures in their face like i remember terrible that's you know, abuse five months ago when you did that and then three yeah. weeks ago you did that again and then you did this and it's been on 50 times that's yeah. not productive okay yeah Dude, you know what? You bring up a good point. Um, I feel like this is kind of heavy. Are we ready mm-hmm. to dive in? Mm-hmm. We learned that um, abuse is common in relationships where one of the partners is, has ADHD. Mm. <clears throat> Why was that? Do we remember? Well, because I think we're oftentimes very trusting and we, I think sometimes blame ourselves first oh my gosh somebody can totally see that from a mile away if they're looking for somebody who's going to self-inflict they're gonna notice like an ADHD or blah sorry I'm late blah (laughs) my bad you know oh I'm so silly I can't believe I said that whatever you know um and they'll just take that emotional abuse oh my god that's the target so yeah and then we, we will take it because uh we've beat up on ourselves enough yeah, and growing so up we in a neurotypical it. world. We're so negative in our heads sometimes about our own performance and what we wish we would have done or oh, should have done. Yes. And then we hear that from our partner, we're like, oh, you must be right. Yeah. You know, I am lazy. I am stupid. I am disorganized. God. Uh. And we internalize that message so much, we don't mm-hmm. even realize this is unhealthy. This yeah. is abuse. This is actually emotional abuse yeah. where my partner is throwing back in my face 
those tendencies that maybe I can't even control. Yeah. Now, but let's, I just want to bring this point up. ADHD is not an excuse. Okay. That's a good point. It's a reason. It's not an excuse. So the difference is really, it's not something you can say, well, I have ADHD, so I'm never going to do that. You know, like it's not something like that where you can, where you can really throw it in your partner's face and just make it be like, oh, well, you know, that's just the way I am. Love me or leave it. See ya. Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause that is not like, uh, my inclination, my inclination is more like, please understand this was not my intent. It, like, please have compassion for me and I'm going to try, you know, like that I think is the best way to go about it. But yeah, you could easily just be like, I'm not trying. This is, I'm not doing dishes. I'm not sweeping. I don't care about those details. You know, I mean, you could easily do that too. And I think I just as easily could err on that side. But um, yeah, that's a really good point. You got to own it and be willing to work on it. But I do have to say something before Mm -hmm. we end this topic. Um, Do you know what gaslighting is? Mm, Yeah. So have you seen the 1950s film Gaslight? I don't think I have. It is the perfect. Is that where that comes from? That is where the term huh. comes from. Um, so the reason why I bring I've it wondered up. wondered about that. Yeah. It, okay. So if you want me to go into it, the movie has this woman who um, gets into a relationship with a guy who is just trying to take advantage of her. She has her family's jewels in the in her attic in the house that she inherited. She's the only survivor or whatever. So the guy knows that and he gets her in a whirlwind romance, takes her to Paris. They get married within six months also that he could get, go to her attic every day and look for those family jewels, leave with them. So he's literally going to just take her value and leave. He doesn't love her. So mm-hmm. this is where the gaslighting comes in. Every day he'd say he go he went to work, but he would go upstairs. And since the lights were fueled by gas at this time, 1950, she would see the lights flicker when he would turn the lights on in the attic. And she would question him about it. She's like, you know what? The lights did the flickering thing to again today. She's concerned. She's like, what's going on? And he's like, no, you're going crazy. And he would tell her things to make her um, question her own reality. So he'd be like, no, you didn't see the lights lights flicker. And also you forgot this. And he would like plant things to make her forget, like to make her confuse and not trust herself. Well, think about how that plan works really well with somebody who has ADHD and has a problem forgetting already. Yeah. Oh, I told you. I told you. I told I was. you this. I was. I was yeah. at Johnny's house, didn't you know? Remember this morning? I told you're you. You're forgetting. Breakfast? Oh, you're forgetting that mm-hmm. I've said that before. Mm. No, you did that. You did that. Don't you remember? That's what you, you did. You did that. I cannot believe you forgot. You did that. You always forget. This is just like you. That's gaslighting, and mm. that is super simple to do to somebody who has ADHD. So we're not telling you this stuff to scare you, but it's something you should keep in mind. Look for those red flags if you're dating. Um, out there in this world. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. That was a great example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about solutions? Uh, sure. Towards the end here? Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I think I know spotting like, those like red flags, spotting things that you know are not going to be compatible with you down the road, and just kind of being realistic with yourself, even though they're attractive in the short term, is this something that's going to actually work? Yeah. Do you have any more of the ones? The, no, the Oh, the red flags? Yeah. Another red flag. Remember we talked about people who say they have OCD? Mm. 
So someone yeah. that thinks they have OCD, like not actually OCD. They are not diagnosed with OCD in really the same OCD. sense that somebody who's just like, oh shit, I forgot my jacket at home. I'm so ADD. Hate that. They are not ADD. They're just saying that because um, they think it's funny. So people will like to say that they think they have OCD when all they really have is what? They're they're just very nitpicky. They have a critical con- yeah. control issues. <laughs> control issues. Yes. Um. So I learned that that is actually not OCD. That is, there's a different thing. It's called OCPD, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Well, I don't even know if it's that. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's called asshole. Assholeism. Yeah, dude, we don't have to like label everything. Um, But (laughs) yeah, like this is a reaction to PTSD that I've seen. Um, I used to work at Pearl Harbor Hickam um, with like, active duty military and a lot of them had PTSD. So you can overcorrect and try to control your environment, assert control over your environment, have everything in order. And it is giving Mm. you the illusion of control because you had this experience where you had no control. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, so just looking for those control, uh, issue patterns. Um, if somebody tells you that I would be really cautious and ask them, are you getting treatment for that (laughs) because you know what we are on medications we're seeing psychiatrists we're having going to therapy if somebody tells you they have that issue then it's like you know what i work on myself and i deserve someone who does too yeah neurotypical folks let's be honest whether you have ADHD or not sometimes we forget this they need to work on themselves too Two, yeah it's two-way street (laughs) it is two-way so even though you have challenges that you are working on or need to work on if your partner is being like it's only you Mm-hmm. you have everything i'm perfect that's not fair either mm-hmm. so yeah exactly you should we should be working together yeah. to kind of address our own issues for ourselves and not trying to fix the other person absolutely um yeah no fixing no. i'm good as i am and if i want to fix something about myself i will let you know because that is something i'm in control of right how i have this question for you mm-hmm. communication What do you think is the most effective way to communicate? Now, this is more for folks that are uh, non-ADHDers and they have have an ADHD partner. Mm -hmm. How can they communicate better? Like, let's say they've tried, but their partner, no matter what they say, feels criticized or judged or gets defensive. How can we communicate those messages to the ADHD partner in an effective way? I think it's just... um what is that called? Open communication where you state your experience and then you state your feeling because anytime you're telling your experience without also including your feeling word, you're not giving all of the information. So like, I can't argue with the fact that you're feeling overwhelmed with my chaos. You know what I mean? With the the environment that is chaotic. So like, honestly, if you're overwhelmed, I'm more likely to feel empathy for you than if you're just saying, you made my environment chaotic. <laughs> I'm going to Why feel attacked. Why do you always do this? You always. <laughs> you know? So, like, I think, like, always. Oh, shoot. Never. Yeah. I've, yeah. Should. Mm-hmm. Those, these are words that are Don't trigger should words. on me. Stop shitting all over yourself. <laughs> yeah. Or shitting on your partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's, a good look. there's a lot of things that go along, like, with gender roles, too. We expect our partner should do these things. That's just a recipe for disaster. Like, know your partner. Know the situation. Accept it how it is. And if you want it to be different, communicate your wants. Your and wants, your needs. Your desires. Yeah. 
and use I, right? Use yeah. I need, I want. And that's not, yeah. and it's not. I feel. Yeah, or I feel. And it's not like, I I feel like you should have done the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a feeling word, no, sir. No, <laughs> you can't feel like they should have done the dishes. <laughs> um, You know, what's fun is you could even like look up the feelings wheel online, print one out. If like you guys are practicing in your relationship um, to communicate better, feeling words, adding feeling words is the bread and butter of this. And so if you have like a list and you can just refer back to like all these different feelings, you know, that are really descriptive, um, it helps to like feel less attacky. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's not about putting all that stuff onto the person. Like no. you are this thing. It's your feelings. Own your yeah. own feelings. Coming in vulnerable. Exactly. Communicate those things to your partner in a, in a way that they're going to hear. Yeah, for and sure. I, and I think that if we do it, also one way that's that's good for communicating to an ADHDer is to pay attention to your tone. Oh my gosh, and, how did this not come and up volume sooner? And that yeah. kind of stuff. Because if you're that's so, it feels like a whip. I am like a, I'm being whipped with your tone. It hurts. Like literally, go on. Yeah. And so if you say it in a calm, reassuring way, like you know, it really hurts when. Uh, I was expecting that you were going to do that thing that you promised you were going to do and it, it didn't get done. And that was really hurtful because I was, I was hoping you, you were going to get that done. Like if you can say it in that way, instead of why didn't you get that done? What's wrong with you? I told you this morning, did, weren't you, you were not listening. What's like, yeah. you just don't love me. You don't you care. just don't listen. <sighs> okay. So, and you, you actually used a feeling word hurt. That's a feeling word, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was feeling hurt. And it's taking responsibility for like how you're feeling. Um, this one is, it's a tip for, that goes both ways. It's called Q-tip. It stands for quit taking it personally. Mm. So the other person's behaviors are kind of, they're more characteristic of this person's brain and their functioning in their everyday life. Not necessarily a reflection of how they feel about you. Mm. Wow. That's a good one. Q-tip. Q-tip. <laughs> Um, so yeah, quit taking it personally, guys, both sides. So like, I think I could, oh, dude, take everything personally. I'm like a little baby jellyfish, like just able to be poked by any, you know, but honestly, it's, it's a sign of strength to, to really step outside yourself and be like, even though I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling like this is, this feels personal. It's like, talk to the person about that really question if it is personal. And that's why this communication helps because you might learn. That's just the way this person is. They're going to work on it if they care, you know, if they want to. They're, it's something they can care and to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. What else? What else? Okay, so, like, for people who live together, um, I've heard about making up games to keep the ADHD or on track add, with household tasks. Yeah, add humor. Yeah. yeah. Make it fun. Yeah. Make it interesting. Use imagination. Yeah, like, make a colorful chart or a colorful thing mm -hmm. like you know i don't know if steven's Do gonna it. like this but Do it. but steven's girlfriend sent me this text <laughs> love and it was this it was this amazing chart and i'm like where did you find that like i want to buy one of these things and it had like little mario coins from like super nintendo or like back in the day when nintendo had these little coins and these little characters and it was a chore chart kind of thing for their house <laughs> It's the cutest thing. That's cute. And uh, That's so cute. <laughs> I wish I had it to like show you guys, but... Um, she bought that for him. She didn't buy it. She made it. 
Stop it. She creates. She's like an amazing designer. Oh, I love and like this creative type person. That's so cool. But like that makes it fun. You know, that makes engaging with it. Not this like. Yeah. It just adds some some humor and some creativity to the mm -hmm. to the pot. And that's a visual cue, which help a lot with people with ADHD, people with autism, people who have a little different of a brain like tend to think in pictures. So a visual yeah. cue is huge. And think about how like... Write it down, post a chart. Yeah, with that, it's not the person reminding you, it's this chart that is made with love. And so you're actually reminded of how much your partner loves you every time. Yeah. That's way different. So it separates that personal thing. Get away from the nagging. Mm -hmm. Nagging puts that person into that parental role, right? Yeah. Especially for an ADHD because a lot of us have grown up with parents that, that nagged us a lot. Take the trash out. Why did you forget again? Yeah. So that's not going to be effective. <laughs> oh, yeah. And actually, this is another thing that um, Eric Hornack talks about in his groups. But uh, he's a Chad yeah, group leader. Chad here. leader in Denver. Um, he talked about how the ADHDers response to that is like, we are going to respond the same way that we responded to authority growing up. So obviously not good. <laughs> you can remember. But like you hear this doting tone this um like judgmental you're not good enough tone mm. and you shrink and instead of hating that you can't live up to this expectation you start to hate that person mm. you start to have all of those like ugh, feelings of frustration towards them and they take on the negative perceptions and ideals and images that you have stored in your sad like child brain of all the authority figures who are disappointed in you. That's a terrible feeling. But then think about the partner. Like they, what they see in you, they're now taking on the role of their parent and they're feeling the pain of all the time. Like they're, they're now shaming you. And what they're seeing is all the times that they've not lived up to yeah. expectations. Or they are getting their yeah. needs met in the way that they yeah, wanted. they're Yeah. Like, why can't I be taken care of? Why can't mm -hmm. I just relax and take it easy sometimes why do i always have to worry about your stuff yes let's uh, end on a note where it's kind of like a little bit more um you don't want to end on that sad note <laughs> no <laughs> no i love sad um it's just let's end on a note where it's kind of like we're ADHD talking about in relationships sucks people, it, it sucks and it'll never be good to realize that and the sooner you realize that just like hide yourself in the corner and cry <laughs> yourself to sleep and and okay no i feel like we should have compassion for the other person. So you can have compassion for them by thinking about how difficult sometimes it has been to live with your brain. <laughs> and just imagine this is this person's been living in a neurotypical world with a neurotypical brain, not ha experiencing any of these hangups mm. that you've had your whole life. And they're just now experiencing them for the first time with the person they love. And mm. that's hard. That's also really hard. They had no idea that there that there is sometimes things aren't exactly how they believed they were. Yeah, or come as easily as they think they should. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How many times have you heard, this is easy. Why can't you do that? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Yeah. But it's it's if this task was easy for you, you would believe, I mean, we have a tendency to think other people's brains are similar to ours. You would also believe that this person just didn't care enough to do the task, and you would probably take it personally, too. So um, I think it, we could come in with some empathy. Yeah, and ADHDers are very empathetic, very so, yeah. sensitive. Yeah, we are. Very loyal. So these are all positive qualities of an ADHD partner. Uh, we're also very creative. We think outside the box. We can add 
interests and life to to conversations, situations. Mm-hmm. So that spontaneity, that impulsivity, sometimes that just is something to to appreciate because it makes things interesting. It's not dull. Like think about it if you're a neurotypical person and you want everything planned out meticulously. Yeah. If you had a partner that was the exact same way, <clears throat> it, how interesting is that? If if all, all you're doing is like, okay, you know, you're just as good of a planner as I am and we're going to um just sit back and be happy with our very regimented life. Everything's going to go exactly how we expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'll probably drive each other nuts because you both will be unhappy because things didn't work out the way you expected because life is life. Yeah, life does. <laughs> like there will be problems in, yeah. in any relationship. It doesn't take an ADHD person to cause problems. And the adhd <laughs> helps the other person understand that and is like, oh man, do we know how to deal with problems? Roll with the punches, right? <laughs> like we can, we're, we're flexible, adaptable people. And that's one of our strengths. So, so we're like, true. We're like, yeah, shit, shit comes up. Like, let's think outside the box, find another way to still have fun doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, preach. Love it. <laughs> so honestly, um, I think like my biggest takeaway from this conversation would be like, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And the ADHDers strengths may be beautifully attractive like a shining light to a moth to a flame you were drawn in um and then those those like the ADHDers weaknesses are just as epic (laughs) however you must remember that you have those strengths and weaknesses too even if they are a little less spread out on the scale and um we're we all just want to be loved and accepted for who we are it's a basic human need love yourself honey (laughs) first love yourself what does rupaul say (laughs) oh my god you're doing a rupaul dude you need to deliver with so much more attitude (laughs) if you don't love yourself no one's gonna love how does it go uh (laughs) if you don't love you i don't dude i don't actually love yourself (laughs) no one's gonna love you (laughs) dude just love yourself if you can't love yourself how in the hell you gonna love somebody else that's all (laughs) just love yourself all right that's all we got we can do our own thing um love your sparkle and don't dim it for anybody bah z snap i just hit the table it's like ding it's like okay that's enough of that that's a wrap oh and we will be back oh yeah we will be back yeah let's talk about it expert commentary on the topic on this topic so thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast, uh, Attention Different. Uh, again. Attention Different. Ad- go to attentiondifferent.org. Yeah. Join our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Like us. Follow us. We're also on iTunes. Oh, amazing. Share it with your friends, you guys, if it was helpful. Um, if you're in a relationship, if you've been in a relationship, if you if you even want a friend to understand kind of what your relationship was like, do that. Write us, write us at the socials, whatever social you're at. Um, give us a little b- bit of feedback because if we miss something, we love this topic. We're will, we're willing to come back to it. Um, my name's Abby Ager. You can find me on the socials as well if you want to message me personally. Yep, and I'm Aaron Smith, and this is Attention Different. Woo! Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. You see what I mean? You got to be crazy. Too late to be sane. You got to go full tilt, full zoom, because. You're only giving a little spark of that. We are attention. If you lose that, you're not attention. Pay attention.